Welcome to the Be Ruthless Show, where we have the conversations that other people don't, the conversations that other people won't. I'm your host, Sam Ruth, and I'm ready to make a lot of noise and disrupt things ruthlessly. Thanks for being here today. Now let's get to it. Welcome back to the Be Ruthless Show. I'm your host, Sam Ruth, and joining me today is Shannon Bryant. She is a certified life coach focused on self-worth, confidence, and one of the few who helps others overcome extreme jealousy in relationships. She's also the host of a self-improvement podcast called Top Self, helping childhood trauma survivors by providing tips, tools, and resources from experts in their field to turn their struggles into successes. I love that title. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for having me. Tell us a little bit more about you from a personal standpoint. Yeah. So I grew up um, in a very chaotic environment. Um, I'm what they call ACA or adult child of an alcoholic. My father was an alcoholic. Um, And so there's just a lot of things that come with growing up in that environment. The um, you know, the, the characteristics and the behaviors that you acquire that you're really not often aware of that happen that you carry in through adulthood. So, um, I did a lot of self-discovery and, you know, a lot of time to try to overcome a lot of that. And I really wanted to start my podcast because I didn't want people to wait so long to, to kind of realize, oh, it's not just the way that I am and I don't have to stay this way or, you know, my past doesn't have to be my future. So that's why I started the podcast. What types of traits? This is going to help so many. (laughs) (laughs) Well, there are many. And what's interesting, you know, I went to probably three, four different therapists because I just kind of knew, you know, I feel like you, you just know that there's something that keeps just showing up for you. And gosh, I try to do this or I'm having a, a series of bad relationships or I'm always feeling anxious, depressed, whatever those things are. But I think we're in tune with that. And we kind of know that there's something, we just don't know what that is or how we really go about it. So for me, um, I went to about three or four different therapists And finally, one of them gave me, and I may still have it. I know people can't see it, but um, the laundry list. And it lists out 14 different uh, behavior characteristics that you may have. And I was like, hmm, okay, I have 12 of the 14. So (laughs) (laughs) it's like Googling antibiotics and side effects. (laughs) Right. Like, oh yeah, I have all of that. Yes, exactly. And you know, what was great, you know, first I was kind of like, oh, oh my gosh, you know, I've really got some stuff to work on, but then it was almost this sense of relief because, oh, there are things, you know, I'm not the only one and there are things for this, which means, you know, they've labeled them and they said that this is how you may be when you grow up in that environment, which means there's a solution. So there are some, of course, feelings of low self-esteem, certainly on there. We judge ourselves harshly. We also judge others harshly. Um, You know, having that sense of control and wanting to control everything. And of course, a lot of that comes from the environment that you grew up in is so chaotic. So 
then you're trying to control everything you can as an adult. Um, kind of looking through, you know, some of the other ones. Oh, um, you know, one is really being fearful of authority or authority figures making you nervous. So it could be not just police and those types of things, but your supervisors, bosses at work, or someone in your relationship who you feel like because you have that low self-esteem, maybe they're a little bit superior. So those are just a few, but certainly there are many. <laughs> and I say this in every episode because this is what I'm trying to get out to the world, but we are not taught solutions. Like you said, we're not taught to talk about it. No. And if we don't talk about it, we can't get the feedback that me too, or this is what worked for me. So that's mm -hmm. what you're doing. And, and I think yeah. you have a very unique way of doing it. Thank you. Yeah. I mean, that was the biggest thing is like, well, one, I do think a lot of us go, this is just how I am. That's my personality. It's the way I behave. And we know that we may not love it or we're not super comfortable with it, or gosh, maybe I wish that I didn't react this way to things, or it didn't bother me so much, or I could have a healthy relationship. So you're right. Once people are like, oh, you too, you think that way or feel that way or react that way. What is that? And then you can really start to dig in and ask those questions and then do that self-discovery. So I haven't talked about this on air. I'm talking about it in my book, which is coming out, but I'm also the child, adult child of a mom. And so one of the things for me was not being allowed to talk about it and being told a different story. And that, I never knew how powerful that was because that bothered me in any other situation to an extreme, which we do encounter in life. Right. Yes. Not being able to talk about it. And you're right. I mean, it is one of those things. It's sort of that family secret that a lot of people keep as a child. I'm sure that you may have experienced there's some embarrassment, like, you know, your family is a little bit different, you know, kind of what's going on. Um, but you're not talking about it to your friends because you feel like you're so different and out of place. And certainly for a child, that's the last thing you want to feel is different. Right. And so, yes. Yeah, so thank you for, you know, your book and the things that you're doing as well to get people talking. I mean, where we get in situations, even as in my instance, I couldn't have a normal childhood. And I'm sure that yours was maybe similar where, you know, I can't have people, my friends spend the night because I never know. I don't know if he's coming home and that's a bad thing or he's not coming home. And then what's that look like to my friends? I didn't want to go spend the night with my friends because whatever was happening at home. So there are a lot of things that keep us in that secret mode for sure. And it's different depending on your age. My brother and I have completely different memories of childhood. Thankfully, he was too young to know and understand it. But until I was able to talk about it, that made me think I was a little bit crazy. Like we're isolated and it's not our secret. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And you, you are a hundred percent right. When there are other siblings in the family, every one of them is going to experience things differently. They're going to react to things differently, and they're going to have different behavior characteristics when they're an adult, because 
whatever they were using at, at that time or what they felt like they didn't need, they may carry some of that into adulthood. And some may be, you know, like not a big deal. I wasn't around it much. And then you have the other one that's a little bit older that spent more time in that situation. So how do you, I truly was taught not to talk about it. It wasn't just my own embarrassment or thoughts or feelings. It was my parents' secret and no one could know. And to this day, I don't think all of their friends know. I think a select few have been let in, but it was, it was shame and we had to act like everything was fine. Mm -hmm. And that can become an unhealthy trait. Well, absolutely. Because then what do we do as an adult? We start questioning our decision, like, you know, our decisions and what we think about things, because even as a child, and I, you know, the, the thing that pains me is to think about children that are in that environment. They have nowhere to go. It's not, they can't break up with their parents or their family. Right. And they're stuck in that, but they are still very aware that there's something not right. They don't feel safe. They don't feel Um, maybe loved in a situation, they just don't feel as a child should. And, you know, then if someone's saying, no, 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 there's nothing wrong. This is totally fine. How are we making decisions then as adults and feeling confident in our decisions and the things that we are going, no, this is right, or this is my boundary. And I think this is correct. And I think things should be this way because we're confused. And it's confusing and conflicting to know something is wrong, to feel it as a child and not be allowed to tell someone. So to people listening, even if you're adults and it's your spouse, I say this very often, silence is the enemy. And what feels like a betrayal, like I turned my mom in, literally, like I was the one catching her, right? So to have to make that choice no matter how your body is telling you something feels wrong, something feels wrong. So whether you are being told not to talk about it or you're embarrassed, I'm, we're both encouraging you to talk to someone you feel safe with. Don't wait 10, 15, 20 years. It shows up in ways you don't know that it's, you, you look for other things and you're blaming yourself in other ways when what's bugging you is something you've never been allowed to deal with. Yeah. A hundred percent. I mean, and that is key, right? The, the earlier you talk about it now, I agree. There is a point where you have to be ready to talk about it in a sense that once you talk about it, there is some, you know, there's some, it, it's going to, it may be difficult, right? Cause now, okay, I'm talking about it and I'm starting to ask questions and now I'm even finding out more things, whether it's within yourself or more secrets in the family that you didn't know. So all those things are going to come up. And I think you have to be prepared for that. But I do agree. Like we, you need to talk about it sooner because yeah, I mean, then it's 10, 15 years that you're continuing this struggle when maybe it doesn't have to be. And that healing takes time anyway. Right. So we want to start it early because it's going to take quite a while. And depending on when you're dealing with this, if you're going through high school and college, there are events where you're around substances. And so for me, I was anti-anything. If you looked at it, you were an alcoholic, you had a problem, you know, I, I was that 
anti, which can mm -hmm. be a sign. A lot of my clients will go the same route, but there are others who experiment and go, you know, go down that road. So most people have some sort of unhealthy relationship with substances that we're forced to be around as we, as we go through turning 21 and different mm -hmm. traditions. Yeah. Yeah. And that black and white thinking, there is a lot of people that do that. Like, absolutely. I will never drink or I will never do this because I don't want anything to do with that. I grew up with that. I want nothing to do with it. And then you have people that are repeating the pattern because that's what they learned. You know, so there are definitely, there's definitely a wide range of how we respond to that as humans. So if I was hypersensitive to other people drinking around me, yeah. That can be a good thing, but that can also be a sign that there's still some unresolved stuff. And I didn't understand that people could socially drink. You know, right. I, I would want, oh my God, this person has a problem. I'm never going to date them. Right. So those are, right. those are all. So how do you, what, what, tell me about this quiz you have. Well, the, um, the, what emotion um, do you lead with quiz? It's a little bit different, but it does kind of go into, you know, do you lead with fear? Do you lead with, you know, which type of emotion is the one that you're typically leaning on and that you kind of lead your life with? And it definitely shows like, okay, even if it comes back that, you know, you lead your life with a happy emotion. Okay. But right. There's not, and I will say, you know, the, the larger majority is not always falling in that happy, you know, I lead my life with happy emotion. Um, but there are some, and you know, there could be things even in that, are are we masking things? Not that everyone has struggles and problems, but the majority of us do, or there's something that we're definitely struggling with, you know, so fear, we see fear come back quite a bit. Um, especially, you know, certainly with those that have grown up and, and have that childhood trauma, a lot of times that's what they're leading with. And I think it's a great way to do it in, in quiz. It's, it's not like you can pass or fail. This is to help you grow and learn, but this is something that people in the world, there are stigmas talking about it. So when you're bringing it into your own life, it might be harder to open up to somebody and say, I'm dealing with a lot of fear or anxiety in my life. Starting to talk about just the emotions themselves makes it an easier process. So anyone who maybe hasn't thought of or is against therapy, it's another way to deal with it. So how did you find it? Um, well, it's an online resource that I, you know, just kind of looking through of, you know, what quizzes make sense. There's also kind of the attachment styles. I don't work a whole lot with the attachment styles. Um but there's also, you know, what attachment style do I have based on how I grew up? Did I feel comfortable? Did I feel loved and cared for? You know, all of those different, different attachment styles. So you can kind of get an idea if you don't want to go to a therapist first. And really, if you're just starting that where, okay, I know I need to do some healing. I'm going to start with just asking some questions, a little bit of self-discovery, like try to figure out where I'm coming from and doing some research, I think that's always good. So taking a quiz, like which emotion do you lead with? Even the, um, I don't offer it, but even the attachment style quiz, because it'll give you back some just really quick tips of things that you can start with. And then certainly um, my emotion quiz, then, you know, I can feed 
some additional tips and resources and, and places that you can go. But um, I think asking and starting with asking those questions, like, you know, what, what is it that keeps coming up for you? What is it that you're usually struggling with? And that will typically lead you to kind of the right questions to ask yourself. That makes sense. How did you, I don't want to say become an expert in, but you are one of the few that works with jealousy in the way that you do. Yeah. Um, yes. So I, you know, I have refrained from a very long time of calling myself an expert in anything except this. <laughs> and I will say I am. I struggled with jealousy as part of, you know, the, the, the thing that we do find out when we start our healing process is what's the story that I've been telling myself over and over that I'm living by that I think is true. And for me, you know, when my, my parents split up, when, when I was 12 and I told my dad, you know, I never want to talk to you again, as long as you're drinking, I don't want to see you. I don't want to talk to you. I was 12 but he took that to heart. And so I didn't speak to my dad or see him again until I was 25. So even though I said it to him, I was a kid and, you know, I won't take it back. But at the same time, what I kept telling myself then is, well, if my own dad doesn't love me, who who's going to, no, one's going to love me. If my own dad doesn't certainly not a guy or, you know, someone that I want to be in a relationship with. So I had very low self-worth and that, and the jealousy just developed over time and it's extreme jealousy. And that's, you know, we're all going to experience some type of jealousy from time to time, which that's fine. And that's normal. What I work with is people that are on the extreme jealousy end where it's, it's truly a part-time job for them of checking their partner's phone. They're looking at social media, they're tracking them, you know, they're doing location tracking, they're constantly questioning them and you start to avoid things that you enjoy doing in life. Going to dinner is anxiety ridden. It scares you. You're anxious. You typically will ruin a dinner <laughs> because of that jealousy. Um, so I work with people because we develop these habits. You know, part of the problem is we get in the habit of looking at their phone trying to figure out what they're doing, where are they at? What did they do all day? Who did they talk to? And the questioning. And that begins to develop a habit just like anything else. So first is trying to reverse engineer the habit of that, but then also at the same time going, where did this come from? What is the root of your jealousy? Why is it there? And then working to, to tame that jealousy while working on kind of backing down that, that habit that we got into, um, you know, cause just like anything, if I said, okay, I'm going to start working out, I have to start slow and I have to be consistent with it. Um, cause jealousy is very painful and it's something that is really overlooked, but a lot of people struggle with extreme jealousy in relationship. And it has very similar, um, symptoms as OCD. And so when we're talking about mental health, it's one that it, we just don't talk about. And again, going back to the shame that you are expressing, that's a big reason because, you know, jealousy is so complex because you've got your regular emotions. I might be angry or I might 
you know, be fearful that they're going to leave me. But then there are these self-conscious emotions that come in that fear, guilt, shame for feeling bad that I'm this way, feeling bad for the behaviors that I did probably, you know, whatever I said to my partner, whatever actions I did while I was in kind of my jealous mode. Um, and so those come in. So then it's just a vicious cycle of, well, now I feel bad of what I did, which makes me feel even worse, which makes me feel even more like they're going to leave me because why would they stay? Okay. So glad you compared it to OCD and you're right. It's not talked about enough. And I think it's great to emphasize that millions of people experience jealousy at a certain level and we, we minimize it. Yes. in a sense, for those that deal with it at this extreme level, to a point that it's interfering in your life, you are doing things at the expense of other things. And that could be sleep, nutrition, oh. you know, bathing, anything. So yeah, it's really important. And you're not alone. Again, the shame isolates you. And until you can talk about it and recognize, oh my God, mm -hmm. there are people who get it and they got through it and have suggestions, we, we don't have ideas to bounce around. So how do they connect with you? Oh, sure. Um, so they can reach me through my website and that is you know uh, www.yourtopself.com. Um, I'm on Instagram at yourtopself, either way. Yeah. How'd you come up with that name? I love it. Um, so top self, it's... <laughs> Um, so my logo, if you see it, there's a shelf in the background. And so really I was tying in with the alcohol running in my family, top shelf, top shelf alcohol, but this is like, I want to be my top self. That's the best, you know, that's what top shelf. So then it became top self. This is anybody who knows me well, will laugh. This is how much I know about alcohol. I didn't think of top shelf as the reference at first. Like I went to that extreme and any of my drinking was to fit in or be a part of, not because right. I enjoyed it at all. So right. now I get it. Yeah, yeah. That's great. <laughs> Anything else you think is important for this conversation that I'm forgetting to ask? I don't think so. I would just encourage people to just start, you know, being curious and asking those questions and kind of just jotting down like the things that they're struggling with or that, gosh, I've tried this and it didn't really work. And I really want a career, but I just can't seem to make that happen. You know, what are those things where you just feel like I cannot get over the hump and, you know, write those things down. And then truly as, as boring as it sounds, start Googling and really doing your own research at first. Um, and then certainly you know, if, if you decide that you want a coach or a therapist or, you know, even start with a mentor, those are free too, or those are free, you know? So, um, if you can find someone who is qualified as a mentor for that, but I think sometimes when we have that deep childhood trauma, you may need someone, you know, a little, a little more experienced because it, it needs to be handled in the right way. It's scary as the first step though. So even if you're a child listening or a parent, encourage your kids to have that one person, an aunt, their best friend or their best friend's parents. Mm -hmm. Who do you feel safest with? And that goes for adults also. This can be stigmatized and can be a difficult situation in some 
environments more than others. So finding mm. a Facebook group that's geared toward positive mental health, anything that's inviting and makes you feel like, okay, this is taking a step, but not jumping. Right. <laughs> yeah. Well, hi there. <laughs> Yeah. And I love that you brought that up because you can just kind of watch from the outside in a Facebook group and just see what's going on. Yeah. Thank you so, so much for your time. Also for being so real and sharing about things that are really private and judged. Uh, Really appreciate it. And to everyone listening until next time, always be ruthless. Thanks so much for listening today. Your support means everything to me, truly. If this podcast resonates with you, please do me a favor and join in the Ruthless Movement by making some noise and doing one of these four things. Subscribe so you don't miss an episode. Tell a friend so we can break stigmas even faster. Leave a review so people can see what you think of the show. And last, if you want to learn more about me and be a part of the Grief Hub community, please head on over to the Facebook group. We'd love to have you. Thanks again for spending your time with us and see you next week.